KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Matt Leon. Food insecurity has been a constant problem in the U.S., and the COVID-19 pandemic has really put that problem on steroids. And as the pandemic worsens and we see some really challenging days ahead during the holiday season, well, places like the Food Bank of South Jersey are working hard and doing everything they can to help as many people as they can. We wanted to check in and get some insight into what the last several months have been like fighting food insecurity and what could lay ahead. So we reached out to Fred Waziak. He is the president and CEO of the Food Bank of South Jersey. Enlightening and sobering conversation. Give a listen. So I'd like to start kind of an overarching discussion here. Uh, what has life been for the food bank, what has it been like since mid-March? What life has been since mid-March for the food bank has been a time warp. You know, the first thing that comes to mind, Matt, is that we've heard the word unprecedented. Yes, everything's been unprecedented. Just the impact of COVID uh, to our individuals, our communities, our state, our country, uh, and unprecedented then the ripple effect of the need. And so at some point at the end of April, beginning of May, where we were at the height of this new pandemic, we had a mindset shift. Well, let's really, this is an opportunity uh, for the food bank to truly meet its mission. And uh, once, once we got our head around that and all the work that we've done, we did as a task force um, of our staff every day, things were changing. The opportunity to really serve our mission really just brought a level of, all right, this is why we're here. You know, let's get her done. And uh, at the level of what we've been getting done uh, is just truly remarkable. And so, you know, from March 12th, ready to review our first quarter strategic plan that was approved uh, at the end of 2019. Well, March 13th came in and, uh, you know, that went on a wayside. Some things in his strategic plan just didn't matter anymore. And there's other things in his strategic plan that were, we were looking to accomplish in the end of 2021 or beginning of 2022 that we accomplished in this time warp, if you will, the last eight months of pandemic. Uh, it's been a blur. Uh, we are remarkably resilient of a small staff of uh, 61. Volunteer programs have to be put on, on, a, on hold. Uh, but we're serving 40 to 50 percent more people than we were this time last year. How sustainable is that? That's a good question. We need it to be sustainable. You know, the the outreach and support, I think our our country saw, and with the help of Feeding America, who really is a network of 200 food banks, and we're one of those 200, you know, our community saw how important food banks are and so the outpouring, the outreach uh, of individuals to support those in need, we have 28 mobile distribution sites a month on top of our 206 pantries, our partner agencies that we serve in 58 communities. 40% of people in the line since the pandemic are new to food insecurity. Uh, and so with, you know, as, we, as we're calling the perfect storm coming, we are still reaching out. Uh, we are still uh, like this for us to have this opportunity to share that this isn't going away anytime soon. You know, if the vaccine was all distributed to our hundred millions of Americans today, 
and everyone was cured by tomorrow. The ripple effect of what this has done to uh, to individual small businesses, large businesses, uh, individual lives, you know, we're looking at this 12 to 18 months out um, if everything became clear tomorrow um, and serving a high, at a higher level uh, for months to come. So our outreach, our brand of how important uh, food banks are uh, to our local neighbors, because it's not, it's not them anymore. It's not they over there. And it's not, it always has, it's never has been just inner city or homeless. You know, food, there was 40 million Americans food insecure on March 12th. You know, that's well over 50 million now. And feeding, the feeding America is projecting an 8 billion meal shortage in the next 12 to 18 months. So we have to continue to work with our legislators, um, our community stakeholders, our, our individual uh, uh, participants to say, look, it's your neighbor or maybe a family member. And for us, $1 uh, provides three meals. And so it's, uh, we need it to be sustainable. And, you know, in that outreach and pouring, we're, we're being smart and we're being uh, strategic. And uh, we're ensuring that uh, we're going to stay strong as we move through these uh, coming months. Because, again, if the pandemic went away. We're going to be at a higher level. And food insecurity, unfortunately, isn't going away anytime soon uh, on its own. And I don't mean just this. I mean, one of the things about this that just blows my mind is that we haven't had more government help since the CARES Act back in April. And even now, you're seeing haggling over things that just don't seem that important in this moment. Do you think decision makers overall appreciate what people in your position and the folks that work at your organization are seeing. And I don't mean to put you on the spot because I know you need, but overall, do, do you think there is an understanding of the moment we're in? Yes. Uh, uh, a bigger yes than no, but the, the no encompasses uh, so much volume that we still need the no to come up to us in order to get through this. Uh, you know, through our advocacy department and our strong, our strong partnership with the other food banks in New Jersey, uh, I've worked together with our local legislators within our own uh, areas, but also collectively um, at the state level. Um, and, at, you know, when the CARES Act came out, uh, we had a press conference with our governor um, at the, uh, one of the food banks, and we were all there. We're, we know we're in it together. And uh, for New Jersey, there is a wonderful legislative support to the food insecure uh, population in New Jersey. You know, there's three major food banks that are serving um, over 900, almost 1,000 different pantries uh, throughout the state. Now, each pantry, each uh, organ partnering organization is its own 501c3 nonprofit. And you think about the, you know, the total is 33,000 plus nonprofits in the state of New Jersey. And many of them have closed down. You know, some of the larger ones just uh, became shut down just because of the, the, you know, the shutdown orders. And other nonprofits had to pivot. We started with 185 agencies. Uh, we had 185 agencies on March 12th. We're at 206 now. Uh, so nonprofits needed to pivot to know, understand that the food insecurity is strong, which actually helps us. Some of our local senators, we've we've been in our freeholders within our service area, the four counties that we serve, 
uh, have been supporting us in, in extra food drives. So our advocacy needs to continue because we need to convince the the volume of no, I don't understand that there's a food insecure world, um, that there is, and this is real. One of the things that um, this pandemic has done, and it's really, it's the, it's the, it's the largest food insecure situation we've had since the Great Depression. The hunger and mal- malnutrition is real. It's more immediate. It's more urgent. It's more threatening. And that, because of the support on most of the yeses, that's the support we're getting because it's, a, it's affecting everyone. Maybe not every 100%, but your neighbor, your family member. And so the more we can... Uh, be out there telling the story. We said this in June, when the cameras and the media goes away, the pandemic's not going to go away. Food insecure is not going to go away. As we got toward, toward our, and all of a sudden there was this kind of, okay, we got this new norm of, of the transmission rate, this new norm of 40, serving 40% more people. All of a sudden we get to the holidays and as was, you know, science was predicting, we're going to, we're going to see this uh, second spike and so on and so forth. Well, it has happened. Um, you know, uh, the cameras are back out, which is wonderful. Don't get me wrong. We appreciate any time we can tell the story on behalf of our community neighbors. Um, but we have to keep telling the story because this is not going away anytime soon. Talk about the holidays. And one of the impetuses for reaching out to you was because the holidays and the strain. And are you concerned that we haven't seen the worst of this, that we hear about the dark winter that the next couple months, yes. uh, you, it's going to be even worse for, from your standpoint. Yeah, we, we are concerned. You know, we are concerned. You know, our mission is to not be in business. And will that ever happen? No, but we have to think like we can go out of business in order to serve at that high level consistently to our food insecure neighbors. Uh, the perfect storm is just beginning. Matt, you know, unemployment, the first round of unemployment benefits are going to run out the end of December. Extension is going to start running out. Uh, you know, the underemployed that we're talking about, you know, right now our, our local establishments have to close at 10 o'clock. Well, for those establishments between 10 and 2 a.m., there's a lot of money, you know, hardworking frontline uh, staff are earning. That's, that's gone away. We're going to start seeing now uh, unemployment needs moving up. Uh, the labor particip- participation rate is dropping. You know, people just aren't signing up anymore. They just, well, so, you know, there's a whole group um, that we need to serve there. There's no stimulus check yet, second round. Uh, rental evictions are going to start happening. And you think about how stressful for families and individuals the holidays are normally when our economy is strong and, and there's not a pandemic. Put this on, this on top of, the strain of families trying to, to be the home educators because of the COVID spike. And, and then if they have the ability to work from home, the stress of that. Or if you're a home educator and you lost your job, the stress of that. And wondering if you're going to have food on a table for your child who just uh, finished school behind the home computer. Um, so, you know, the perfect storm is coming. We're seeing the spikes. You know, all that is coming. Hopefully this uh, vaccine you know, we're getting better and better news um, daily that it's coming quickly. Uh, hopefully that will really take hold and stop. And for people just to be just self-accountable, self-responsible, you know, just, and, and that's what we're practicing here at the food bank. You know, 
wear your mask, wash your hands, keep your distance. 50 for 50% of our employees have been remote or working uh, intermittently remotely, but we have, we need hands on the boxes um, as well to bring the food in and get the food out. Um, and we have, we have not shut down uh, since the pandemic because of our, our, our safety and just being responsible to each other. Um, and uh, so those, I think you said the dark, the dark cloud is coming. It, it is coming. We're preparing for it, not only as uh, our food bank, but collectively in a state and through the Feeding America Network. We're just getting ready. Unfortunately, I think there are some people that the numbers just kind of bounce off of. You mentioned 40%, you know, uh, so many millions of meals and stuff like that. What are some of the things people tell you? What are, Can you relate from a yeah. human level some of the the stories, some of the situations that, that you guys come across just day to day in trying to help people? Yeah. So, you know, right now, let me start on the global, if I may. We're serving 95,000 people plus a, a month. 95,000 people within our four counties of Burlington, Camden, Gloucester, and Salem. 58 plus communities. That's 95,000 stories. Every single person has a story. What we hear through our agencies, what we see here at the food, we're not a, we're not a food pantry ourselves at the food bank because our, our role as the food bank, we distribute the food out to our communities. And the stories that we hear in these food lines, you know, our mobile food distributions, um, you know, there's, uh, I, and I'm, I'm, I can't be at every single one because we, we can't be in two places at the same but I, I make sure when, I, when I'm helping out uh, I'm at these uh, distribution lines, you know, I'll walk the line. I'll walk and say hello to people um, in, in their vehicles if they're willing to roll their window down, um, you know, and they do. Uh, you know, the 40% new people in line uh, is just incredible. I, I, this one mom, I just uh, remember specifically, her children are in a backseat and it's a – it's a very nice vehicle. And, you know, we're not here to judge, but it tells you the extent of the layoffs in the businesses. Um, and the, the children are holding a thank. They made a thank you center in the back seat, holding it up against the window. The mom rolls the window down. She has her mask on. The tears are coming down. And her first words were, Thank you. We are so grateful. I had no idea that we would ever need a food bank. I didn't know where to go. I found out and we're here and I can't tell you how grateful. First round of stimulus checks came out. And this is uh, probably May. I can't remember when the first round actually came out, but an elder gentleman um, in his 70s retired um, knocking on the door of our front door you know, the staff who were working uh, that day in the office, uh, it's, it was after five and our chief operating officer, Charlie, and myself went to the door and he's, uh, he didn't want to come in. He had a stimulus check, $1,200. He said, I don't need this. Um, I know you can use it. Those are the stories every day. I may not talk to 95,000 people, but they represent What's, what's happening out there. And they also represent um, 
you know, we were in a food insecure pandemic even before COVID hit. Um, those are the voices of the nodes and our quote unquote, the people, the disbelievers of food insecurity need to hear because it's real. It's real. So, excuse me. No, not at all. And that's what I think people need to hear. Kind of going along with that, how is your staff holding up? I just mean you got emotional relaying those two stories, and I'm sure all the folks that work for you have multiple Uh, situations like that, if not daily situations like that. So how – looking at it kind of turning the mirror around how are you guys holding up having to see a lot of this pain and and this situation and i would imagine there are times where you kind of feel like you're trying to bail out the ocean with a teaspoon i mean it's just it can be so and i don't i'm not trying to make light but it just there has to be feelings of over being overwhelmed sometimes yeah actually i like that's a very good statement at times at times we see that you know, the um, I said we're 61 staff, just resilient and mighty. And I've t- I told staff, you know, wh- one of the wonderful things of uh, people that are called to, uh, uh, you know, everyone's called to a certain purpose in life. I told this team, uh, my colleagues, that uh, we were all aligned to be here at this moment. Uh, the diverse skills and talents, um, staff taking care of each other, we've implemented uh, you know, self-care programs, uh, mindful programs, um, extra days off on long weekends, which means they have to work extra to make sure the food's distributed to the pantries. But just to get that time off, uh, to remind them of their purpose. And, you know, when I said when we had that pivot point of the unprecedented, hey, this is really our opportunity to serve, um, you know, the extra time effort and hours that everyone is putting in because, you know, as you said, the, I don't see, you know, our frontline staff that deliver the kids meals, children's meals, deliver, uh, are distributing food at the food lines, go into the pantries and seeing the people there. Yeah. There's stories every day. And what's nice about it is they'll, they'll share the stories, uh, but our staff, uh, you know, our first and foremost uh, concern is keeping them safe. Uh, so as we navigated, as many organizations have, uh, you know, our, our policies that we have to implement uh, for safety, uh, caring for yourself, but also looking out for your fellow colleague, keeping distance. Um, so all those things we put into place and staff appreciate the effort that, you know, the organization has taken to ensure their safety um, making sure that, uh, you know, once we got for, through the first three, four months, uh, and we, I said earlier, we kind of had this this new norm, but it was a flow uh, for a while that we were able to um, uh, make sure staff took their vacation time um, or take that extra day. And so it's um, it's been it, it's enduring. Uh, don't get me wrong, staff are tired, uh, but they know that uh, they're meeting a that that real need out in our community, that urgent need, that immediate need. And those accolades that they see from people of gratitude is a great positive energy that keeps them going for what they're doing. They're heroes. I know our staff are frontline heroes. Uh, we have a core group of volunteers um, that come in because we had to stop our 
you know, on, on average, every week, every month, we have 25 to 30 uh, food drives throughout our communities. But because of COVID, uh, no, we, didn't, we wanted less touches because when all that food comes in, we needed volunteers to help sort the food in different categories according to our compliance. Well, we would have 8,000 volunteers a year helping us sort and pack food. We, we had to stop that. So we're, we're well over half a million pounds of loss from community food drives. But we were able to keep bodies from uh, being together closer here in the building, and we've, uh, we've actually managed well um, around that. Uh, but we're keeping people safe, and uh, our staff knows that we do care. Our board volunteers are just unbelievable. Uh, so it's, uh, we're, in it, we're all in it together, and um, I'm really just um, blessed to be working with such passionate uh, mission uh, individuals. How important in a moment, and I say moment, here in week in month eight, but how important is the concept of imagination in a situation like this, where you have to reinvent on the fly? You have to, you mentioned pivot points. You have to basically, you know, you talk that strategic plan. Okay. That's great. You know, that's not going to work now. Like uh, how important, because I think that's one thing we see in a lot of sectors it's lacking is imagination. It's constantly hammering the same thing and, and, and trying to make it meet the moment. But for what you guys do, how important is that? Oh, that is very important. And we found, you know, we um, through the the the, the, play, the pain, blood, sweat, and tears um, to get to the glory is when that imagination, that entrepreneur thought, comes to fruition. There are things that we we were able to put our heads around that that we never thought you didn't even thought to even think of doing something. That has helped us be more efficient. You know, our senior team here, we met um, in March. We met every week. April came. We were meeting every day uh, for an hour and a half to two hours. And each of the eight uh, senior leaders all had uh, a charge of a specific area of the food bank, mainly around their expertise here, but also other things. So every day as things were changing, we come back, report back and, uh, we would adjust and we would communicate to the, the rest of the organization what we're adjusting on. By three o'clock, whatever we adjusted, 11 o'clock went away. So sometimes before five o'clock, we had to reconvene. And this is in the beginning, you know, we had we had teams through our Microsoft and uh, we used that intermittently and all of a sudden Zoom went and we got to get a Zoom account. So in the first six weeks, we were just meeting on conference phone. Well, then we wanted to see people. And so then we, uh, you know, we were able to um, pivot to getting Zoom up and getting our teams uh, through Microsoft up. Uh, and it's because now people who are working remotely were able to see the smiles. Because you have a mask on, you miss the, you know, the dopamine of a great smile. So we were able to connect that way. We had uh, our, our human resource department implemented uh, Tuesday afternoon perks. You know, take that break if you're working remotely or, if, uh, you know, we worked around the break in the warehouse. People can come in in the conference room, spread out with a cup of coffee and just say hello. You know, so there were things we did. Our health and wellness department, man, you know, we have a staff of 12 to 15 nutritionists. We have a chef. And during the pandemic, uh, they went remote because they were physically hands-on teaching nutri- healthy nutrition pe- uh, food preparation classes at our agencies throughout the four our 58 communities, 206 agencies, pivoted. They created 30 online courses. They've had over a 1,000 sessions, and they're reaching more people now because the links of the courses are recorded. Now they can send it out to the communities that we're serving food to. Unbelievable. 
if we were still hands-on, you're missing the, the contact, but we were able to reach. They put their minds together. We started a television show with RVN um, in Cherry Hill um, called in July. Actually, we started filming in July. September was the first show. It's called Hunger Bites. So our chef, uh, Marquita, uh, she's the star of the show. And so we're once a month, and we're going to continue it now through 2021 and teaching people how to uh, prepare healthy foods, find healthy foods, and not have food waste. Um, so I can just go on and on on the pivot. And I, and I said also about how things in our strategic plan have expedited because all of a sudden our whole staff was just working at a whole cognitive, passionate level of mission. There, we feel there's nothing that comes our way that we won't be able to resolve together. People hear this, want to help. Give us the bullet points. What do you need? How do you need it? And where do you need it? Thank you for that promo plug, foodbanksj.org. I said we, we stopped our community food drives, but we have virtual food drives. Matt, for every $1, it serves three meals. Um, so you can be creative. We've helped different uh, families, individuals. Um, have uh, you know, and again, it's so it works through our our website. The connection you can have your own GoFundMe page to support the Food Bank of South Jersey. Don't be shy. Don't be ashamed. Um, if you need food yourself, uh, visit foodbanksj.org. Uh, we have a food finder tab. You plug in your zip code. Um, that will help you navigate to a, a local pantry in your neighborhood and or a phone call to us. We can navigate you accordingly or if you have a friend or relative um, in need. Um, so right now, you know, the monetary donation helps us purchase the right foods, the healthy foods, and we're in it for the long haul. So, uh, you know, the continued support from our community is, is going to be much needed uh, in this endeavor. May, may I just give some uh, quick statistics here? Yep. This is, this is how our community has helped. Um, I, I, I said earlier we're serving 40 to 50 percent more people. Um, since the pandemic, since uh, the mid-March um, till now, um, we have distributed over 15 million pounds of food. Now, that's about 40 to 50 percent more last year at this time. Last year total, we distributed 16 million pounds of food. We have done this just in eight months, and that doesn't include January, February, half of March, and um, what's coming now in December. That equates to 12.5 million meals which equates to 55,000 meals a day since uh, mid-March. And as, as I said earlier, that's 95,000 plus people a month. And that, those numbers are going to grow for the next uh, several months and beyond. Uh, so any support, people, you know, I know everyone has their charities, uh, but, you know, food insecurity is a pandemic in itself. And your neighbor, your friend, your relative, yourself, you may have need. Look on our website. Uh, help us out where you can and also seek help when you need it. To that point, as we wrap up here, as we go into this holiday season, as we all anticipate things getting worse, what is your message to folks uh, that maybe find themselves in a position uh, that they've never been in before or are just struggling to get by and it's always a struggle to get by? What's your message? Uh, my, has, my message is uh, from the food bank, we don't just distribute food. Uh, we, we feel we bring hope to people, you know, a box of hope. 
hope is nutrition. And it all starts with a healthy meal. And don't be ashamed. Don't be shy. Because uh, so many individuals, things happen. And it's a lot happening out there now. And we are here to ensure uh, that you and your family, families have healthy food, not just to survive, but to thrive. And when you have that sense of a, of a good hearty meal and the community around meals, uh, that, that provides hope. It builds up individual and family spirit, which leads to you know, uh, a positive outlook, um, especially now during these times. So um, please reach out to the Food Bank of South Jersey. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.